our praise and thanks belong to Allah for guiding us to Islam and for guiding us to the Sunnah. Ya ibadullah, I advise you as I advise myself to fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to be dutiful unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by doing that in which He has commanded us to do and by staying away from that which He has prohibited upon us. Ya ibadullah, it is incumbent that we continuously strive to become better, that we continuously strive to become better. And the only way that we are going to be able to do this is by being granted the tawfiq, the success from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that being the case, it is incumbent that we make it a part of our very selves, that we are constantly in the state of begging Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah ta'ala, Allah ta'ala, he says what means, and say, that your Lord, and inform them that your Lord has said, call upon me and I will answer you. And your Lord has said, call upon me and I will answer you. وقال الله تعالى في كتابه الكريم وإذا سألك عبادي عني فإني قريب and if my slaves ask you about me then inform them that I am close أجيب دعوة الداعي إذا دعان I answer the supplication of the supplicant when they supplicate meaning that I answer the prayers of those who ask me when they call upon me when they ask me when they make dua then I answer their dua. It is incumbent that we strive with our utmost and that we are vigilant and constantly asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Abi Dhar and the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Fima rawa an Allah tabarak wa ta'ala, and the Hukal on the authority of Abu Dhar. On the authority of the Prophet ﷺ, and that which he narrates upon Allah wa Taala, that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala He said, "Ya ibadi, inni haramtu zulma ala nafsi, wajaltuhu bainakum muharrama, fala tawalamu." Allah Subhanahu wa Taala He says here in this Hadith Qudsi. O oh, my slaves, I have made oppression haram upon myself, and I have made it between you prohibited. It is haram. So do not oppress, do not commit acts of oppression. Oppression, as it comes in the language, it means that something is put in an improper place. This is the meaning of ghul, that you put something in an improper place. Something is misallocated, misappropriated. You put something where it doesn't belong. 
So of course, in relates and as relates to how it is commonly translated as oppression, that we understand the context of the meaning in light of the language. That you put oppression where justice should be. So you interact with the individual in an unjust manner. You do not give them their rights. You withhold their rights or you infringe upon their rights. This is oppression. So we are not to oppress anyone. We are not to commit acts of oppression. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he goes on to say in this hadith, and I want you to pay very close attention because it outlines the reality of our situations. Whether we perceive them or we don't perceive them. Whether we know or we don't know. It doesn't change the reality. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, Ya ibadi, O my slaves, Kullukum dalun. All of you are astray. All of you are without guidance. Illa man hadaytuhu. Except for the one who I guided. Fastahduni ahdikum. So ask for my guidance and I will guide you. Ask for my guidance and I will guide you. If we are in the business of striving to constantly better ourselves, then there will be no bettering of oneself without being guided. Without guidance, it will be impossible. An individual will be impossible that they would better themselves. Attaining success will be impossible, unfathomable for an individual who's not upon guidance. So if we want to be successful, then we have to be upon guidance. And Allah Ta'ala is informing us, All of you are astray, except for the one who I have guided. Because the guidance is from Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. So this is why I remind myself and then others with the statement, Alhamdulillah All praise and thanks belong to Allah for guiding us to Islam and for guiding us to the Sunnah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He has bestowed a great favor upon us that He has guided us to Islam and then given us the success, the tawfiq in accepting Islam. Because not everyone who knows about Islam accepts Islam and becomes a Muslim. There are many from the kuffar who they know about Islam. They've heard about the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. They've heard about the Quran. They know about Islam. They know about the deen. But they are still kuffar. They have not accepted the deen. So alhamdulillah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made us from those who they have heard about the guidance and then they accepted the guidance. They heard about the guidance and they accepted the guidance. Even those who were born from a Muslim woman and a, a, yani from a Muslim parents, there was a point in your life where you still, you had to accept Islam. Islam is not inherited. Just because your father is a Muslim doesn't mean by default you will be a Muslim. You yourself have to submit to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And you will be incapable of submitting unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala without the success from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So alhamdulillah All praise and thanks belong to Allah for guiding us to Islam, for guiding us to the sunnah. When we realize that this is the nature of guidance, 
that the only way that we will be guided is that Allah guides us. When we realize this, then we realize that guidance is precious. What Allah Ta'ala has guided us to from the guidance of the Quran and the Sunnah, it is precious. It is not something that we can leave to be violated. It is not something that we can leave to be lost. It is not something that we could afford to lose because without the guidance, we are finished. Without the guidance, we are done. And you will never be able to be guided except that Allah Ta'ala, He guides you. So it is incumbent that we increasingly ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to guide us. And your Lord has said, call upon me and I will answer you. So if you want to be guided, ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the guidance. We have to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for everything that we need. Allah ta'ala, he goes on to say, Ya ibadi. All of you are hungry. All of you are hungry. Without exception. Except for the one who I have fed. All of you are hungry. Except for the one who I have fed. This is the reality that we forget about sometimes. This is the reality that we forget when we sit down and we eat our breakfast or our lunch or our dinner or we take a snack. We forget this food is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. No matter what you have done, no matter how many hours you have worked, no matter if you did overtime, whatever the case may be. If Allah ta'ala did not provide you with that food, you will not have food. If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not send down the rain, you will not have food. If Allah ta'ala did not split the seed and bring forth the vegetation, you will not have food. If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not put the animals in here and create the animals, you will not have meat. If Allah ta'ala did not put the animals here, you will not have milk. If Allah ta'ala did not give you the food, you will not have food. And even if you put the food to your mouth, if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala took from you the ability to chew took from you the ability to swallow you will not have food Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who has fed us so Allah ta'ala he says so ask me for food and I will feed you we have to be in a state of constantly asking Allah and never being deceived into thinking that I am the one who put the food on the table. I am the one who put the roof over the head, so on and so forth. No, all of that is by the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You have done nothing, but you have took the means by way in which yani, you're trying to reach something. But as far as the achievement of the destination, you'll never be able to do it without the tawfiq, without the success from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Just like the farmer who he plows the land, he sows the seed, he waters it, he puts the fertilizer, he does everything that he's supposed to do. That does not mean that there's going to be a harvest. If Allah Ta'ala does not decree that there will be a harvest, there will be no harvest. No matter how much, no matter how many days the farmer got up from sun up to sun down and he worked the field and he toiled and he worked hard. If Allah does not give the success of making a successful harvest, there will be no harvest. So what we do, we just put forth the means because Allah Ta'ala has commanded us to do so. But never be deceived into thinking that we have accomplished anything because la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. There is no power and no might except with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We have to constantly connect ourselves unto Allah because we need Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Beg Allah, ask Allah, 
constantly ask Allah, call upon Allah, and He will answer you. Hada, aqulu qawli hada, wa astaghfirullah li wa lakum, wa li jami'i al-Muslimin, fa astaghfiru fa innahu huwa al-Ghafuru Rahim. Bismillah alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salam, ala rasulillah wa ba'd. Ya ibadullah. We have to remember that we are the slaves of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We are the ibad of Allah. And we should be happy to call ourselves the slave of Allah. Because the reality of it is, is that you're going to be a slave to something. That's the reality. You are a slave, you're going to be a slave to something. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he has emancipated us. From the slavery to the creation. And we are the slaves of the creator. And we take pride in that. We are happy to say that we are Abdullah. We are the slaves of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because that's true power. That's true empowerment. Allah ta'ala, he reminds us over and over of this fact of our situations. Allah ta'ala, he says, Ya ibadi, O my slaves. All of you are naked. All of you are without clothes. Except for the one who I have clothed. So ask me to clothe you and I will clothe you. Never forget that these clothes that we are clad with is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So if you need a new pair of shoes, or if you need a new coat, or you needed some new slacks, you need a new jalabiyah, you need a new khimar, you need a new jilbab, ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Beg Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then take the means. We have to be of a people who we are joyed, overjoyed, happy, extremely happy. To speak to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. To ask our Lord. To take every excuse. To take every excuse. To ask our Lord. To take every excuse. To complain to our Lord. Anything you go through in your life. Take it to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Any complaints that you may have. Anything you don't like in your life. Take it to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He said. And the coolant of my eye has been made in the salah. The salah. When we are in sujood, where the Prophet ﷺ informed us, this is when the slave is the closest to Allah, when they are prostrating. This is the excellent time. The Prophet ﷺ said, so, 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 so increase, be diligent in asking Allah at this time. We should love the salah. But do we love the salah? We should love the salah. But do we love the salah? The Prophet ﷺ, he described his connection to the salah. He said, وَجُعِلَتْ قُرَّةُ عَيْنِ And the, and we translated, قُرَّةُ عَيْنِ The coolant of my eye. What that means is that the, 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 the قُرَّةُ عَيْنِ is that which you love to look at it. You look at it consistently. 
This is what is meant Qurata'ayn. So when you bring this in relation to something that you love, this is something that you tremendously love. Not just you love it, this is something that you have a tremendous amount of love for. Because if you could, if you could, for example, reflect on your loved ones, if you could reflect on the people that you love, the people that you may love the more than any other people in the world right now. You don't always want to see them. You don't always want to look at them. Sometimes you get upset with them. You love them, but you don't like them every day. So there may be a day from the days when you tell your wife who's the most beloved thing to you. Go away. I don't want to see you right now. I don't want to see you right now. When you have something that's the Qurutu'ayn, it's more than that. You love to see it all the time. No matter how much, no matter how much a woman loves her husband. You know us as men, we can be very annoying at times. Very frustrating at times. Your wife tell you, I love you, Habibi, but I don't want to see you go in the other room, please. Stop, Habibi, go. I don't want to see you right now. But that which that is the coolant of your eye is that which you always love to see it. There's never a time when you want to break to see it. This was how this salat was to the Prophet wasallam. Is this the, our situation when it comes to the salat? Yeah, subhanAllah, there's some people, as the ulama, they explain, there's some people who they pray the prayer and it's like they're standing on coals, like they're standing on hot embers, like they're standing on fire, a pit of fire, like they, as soon as they can get done with the prayer, they just want to get it over with. Some people pray like that. You see them praying like that. They pray so fast. If you look at them, you say to yourself, how in the world did he have time to make the adhkar? How in the world he was in he was in record for like 0.5 seconds? How in the world he can say what he's supposed to say? But then we say we love those salah. We're rushing through our salah. Why? To get back to something from dunya? Do we really love the prayer like the Prophet Sallallahu loved the prayer? Because this is the opportunity now to beg Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is the opportunity now to ask Allah to clothe us, to guide us, to feed us. This is the opportunity now to ask Allah for whatever it is that we need. This is the opportunity now to ask Allah to remove from us whatever it is that is troubling us. This is the opportunity now to ask Allah to help us deal with our depression. This is the opportunity now to ask Allah to help us deal with our anxiety. This is the opportunity now to ask Allah to mend those relationships that have become broken. This is the opportunity now for the parents to ask Allah to guide their children, for the children to ask Allah to guide the parents, for the husband to ask Allah to guide the wife, for the wife to ask Allah to guide the husband, so on and so forth. This is the opportunity now that you can cash in on whatever it is you're looking to cash in with. This is the opportunity. But we squander it. Why? Because we want to get back to playing a game? Because we want to get back to surfing online? Because we want to get back to watching whatever? So we pause the show. Let me pray real fast. Or let me try to pray between the commercials. Yeah, subhanAllah. This is what life means to you. This is what you think is going to benefit you. You're going to be happy and pleased on the day of judgment to stand in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to tell him that you remembered him through the commercial breaks. Ya subhanallah. Ya subhanallah. Is this what life means to us? And if this is the case, how can we ever really be successful? If this is the case, how can we ever really be successful? And the point is, is what? 
is that we strive to better ourselves. Not that we come khutbah in, khutbah out, lecture in, lecture out, class in, class out, and we don't benefit, we don't get better, we come, we hear it in one ear, out the other. No, what's the point of that? But if we can get a little bit better every day, a little bit better every, not a lot better, a little bit better every day, 1% better every day. Where will you be a year from now? 365 days from now, where will you be? 365% better. If we can get a little better every day, Bismillah ta'ala, we will be pleased and happy when we meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But if we let days come and days go, and we get worse, because see dunya, you're either going to be moving forward or you're moving backwards. There's no being still. Either you're getting better or you're getting worse. Look at your health. I want you to examine that. Look at your health. Does your, does your health stay the same? Huh? You young guys, do you think I feel like you feel? No. I'm not strong like you no more. I got a pain in my knee. I got pain in my back. I can't see the same way I used to be able to see. And likewise, when you come to this age, you will realize that my health now at this age wasn't like the health 20 years ago, wasn't like the health 30 years ago, wasn't like the health 40 years ago. The same way your health does not stay consistent, the same thing, the same way you will not just stay consistently on the same level. Either you're getting better or you're getting worse. That's the way of the dunya. You're increasing or you're decreasing. That's it. So it is incumbent that we strive. We pace ourselves. It's a marathon. We pace ourselves to constantly get better, a little better, a little better, a little better. Every week, a little better. This is the challenge. This is what we have to do. Because this deen is alive. It's not just words that we hear. It's not just words that we say. But it's alive and we need to put it into action. Bismillahi ta'ala. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. أن يوفقني وإياكم لما يحبه ويرضاه وأن يجعلنا مباركا حيثما كنا وأن يجعلنا ممن إذا أعطي شكر وضبطوا لي صبر وإذا أذنب استغفر فإن هؤلاء ثلاث عنوان السعادة ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا عذاب النار ربنا إن نسألك الهدى والتقى والعفاف والغنى هذا يا عباد فأقيموا الصلاة